Socialism. Legalize marijuana. Same sex rights. Climate change. Universal health care. Undocumented immigrants. The left and the right have their media. Then there's the rest of us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Rest of Us. This is Jason, your host, as always. And today, I finally have somebody on here that I've been trying to get on for literally months. Probably close to a year. And, you know, but hey, better late than never. I'm pretty excited. Uh, This is a guy that I've known for literally almost exactly three years. Um... So yeah, kind of excited about, about uh, having some differing opinions on things. We're not going to fight. If we do, we'll make sure we make it sexy. Uh, <laughs> so, with no further ado, I will introduce to you the fabric of our lives, Mr. Stephen Cotton. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so. I am uh, excited to be on. Uh, when we finally set a date, uh, and that date was in stone, like here's a number attached to... <laughs> The date, I uh, was like, oh yes, yes, okay. Now, now we can finally. Get now this you got it. We do always it. danced around like, yeah, we need to, and then it progressed into, we need to. What's your <laughs> next few months look like? And then, yeah, Life. we need to. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, finally, the stars aligned, and I'm very excited about it. So, um, as I like to usually do, um, after introducing someone new to the show, I usually like to get a little bit of insight into who you are. Now, I already know who you are, but I want to make sure that my 12 adoring fans who are listening to this... 13! Oh, 13! Nice! (laughs) Baker's dozen, baby! Uh, So, yeah, if I am married. Yeah, that's true. I know, and I hate every minute of it. So... Um, so if you could just uh, introduce yourself, tell your tell the folks a little about yourself as much as you want, just so that way they know that uh, you know I don't have the same old boring people on over and over. There, I'm sure. Honestly, they're probably just excited that they're not listening to Cody. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of it. No, I'm joking. Yeah, no, joking Cody. I know who Cody is. <laughs> Love him to death. Right. So, Stephen Cotton. That is my name. If you Google my name, you'll find many other more successful Stephen Cottons. Not me, <laughs> but um, I started off as a the seed, and then I grew into a plant. Oh, and you wear me constantly, all the time. Oh, you mean the clothing? Yeah. yeah I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, um, not much about me. Um, I started off and I would say my life really started when I moved to Ohio. I was moved to Ohio whenever I was 17 and I came up here for Bible college and that ended up being kind of a weird experience. Yeah. Taught me a lot about who I didn't want to be. Uh, Just seeing, you know, everything on my own through my own lens on my own. You know, I don't have any family up here or anything like that. So, It was a bit of a culture shock, thinking I was going to go into something that was embracing like what I had grown up with, Um, and it was just weird. And not not to slam like Bible college. I'm sure that's been a wonderful and you know 
experience for for many people, but uh, it's not for everybody. And it's not it's not for everybody, and it depends on kind of where you go and the people. There's so many different factors that were that were involved in and all. Anyway, anyway, that's <laughs> that's you know that's just neither here nor there really. But um, then I went to college, um, actual actual college, and started with uh, just kind of like a general you know computer science business pursuit, mm-hmm. uh, and then realized that hey, I'm really good at doing things on a computer, and then decided to pursue that. So, Sweet. like you. We share the same occupation mm-hmm. and sit directly behind each other. <laughs> Which is good and bad. It can be good and bad and, and for more than us. <laughs> Usually it's bad for other people. But, it is. Um, but yeah, so working with Jason here in, in IT as a tier three junior supervisor, if you will, bridge yeah. of communications. Um for our careers here. Uh, but I also majored in, in uh, astrophysics. I yeah. changed my major and uh, not quite done with that degree. Just kids and family and life. all this and life and yep. career and all, and all those things. So um, don't have the degree there, but astrophysics is definitely a big part of my, my vision and my worldview, uh, it shapes that quite a bit. And we might dive into that later. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure we will. I have a wife, Mariah. I'm sure she'll be listening. I love you dearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have four children, uh, two in high school and two in third grade. I don't really want to go that. That my, be- my oldest son is a special needs child. We have uh, that enrichment in our lives, and I mean that wholeheartedly yeah i love music i was a musician oh yeah that's yeah. a that's a big part of my how did i miss that one i know it's always the easy stuff it's it's, it's the easy <laughs> stuff i'm like like hey what are these little unique tidbits and here and that oh yeah i'm a family man i should probably mention that <laughs> um played in a band for a really long time uh band was named stricken in ohio um we got as far as Putting music on Rock Band Three as downloadable content, so that's that's my music claim to fame, which is pretty cool though. Yeah, yeah, six songs that were downloadable. One song was like the top downloaded song for a week. It was the week it came out, hey. and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's surreal because there's videos of people downloading it and putting their accomplishment on YouTube, and you go to YouTube and they're like, hey, they. They did Guitar Hero the be- better than this person, you yeah. know, and like finishing it at 100%. But it's our music. Like there's mm-hmm. songs that I've written. There's songs that have lyrics that I've put together or I've or- like orchestrated or composed in some manner. And somebody is playing that on a five-button guitar, <laughs> and it's the most surreal thing. You yeah. reach out to them like, hey, you know, I'm part of a band. And yeah. then they're like, oh, my God, a band <laughs> member just reached out to me. It's like, it's not that serious. I'm right? making $11 an hour right now. <laughs> Working in a call center trying to take insurance <laughs> claims from people. Yeah. Yeah. So politically left of center, and I'll end it with that. <laughs> okay. 
So for all of you people out there who have said, I want to hear the leftist on your show, here you go. All right. Now, here we go. The fun part about fuck that. Fuck you, Jason. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> is that's probably about as abusive as it's going to get. And uh, as we've always talked about on the show, that you can have differing opinions and still be friends. I mean, I've known this guy for three years, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we're just like, you're bonkers. You're nuts. <laughs> All right, let's go have lunch. Let's Sounds go have good. lunch. And that's what we do. Um, am I allowed to tell the small world story about you us? You can tell the small world story about us because I tell the, st- <laughs> the small world story about us. So I was a very young child. I think it was about five years old. And my dad uh, worked in a glass factory locally and uh, knew many people in the community. And I had, you know, known a lot of these people, of course, just by introductions and whatnot. And uh, as time goes on, you know, uh, there's people follow up out of you know conversation or whatever with people contact but uh so i was five so fast forward you know 35 years later and <laughs> so i meet cotton we're talking about all kinds of things and uh you know i noticed that his wife's uh maiden name was steel and i was like no and i looked it up and sure enough that uh cotton is the son-in-law of my dad's friend and i'm like you gotta be freaking kidding me i think it was krieger not steel krieger yes sorry yeah Yeah, Yeah. i got the wrong one i mean steel is part of that yes that's my wife's mom's maiden. yes there we go that's where i actually previously married name yeah continue okay (laughs) (laughs) so there were names but yeah just that just kind of blew our minds like after i found that out i was like okay I want to approach this delicately because, <laughs> and, and then Cotton finds out and we're like, yay. And we did a happy dance in this driveway. It was pretty sweet. So anyway, but that, I just thought that was definitely pretty sweet. And yeah. yeah. And where we work, there's a whole bunch of those stupid little connections, small world. Yeah. Like I, I worked with Will for almost a year before I realized that I worked with his dad like eight years previously, and what's hilarious is they both have the same name. Will is just the second, and I still didn't put the two together because <laughs> I am a flaming moron. But uh, yeah, so anyway, thought that was really cool. That's but, not even the only small world story. No, oh, no, that like between us, right? Like you know, uh, our Mandy. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, my son's preschool teacher for two years, <laughs> and. But before that, my wife and her go way back because my wife was very involved in developmental disabilities for the county, mm-hmm. and they they knew each other. And I see you on Facebook responding to something she put up. I'm like, <laughs> how in the world do you know this person? You already know my father-in-law before I knew my father-in-law. How do you know this person? And I, I don't actually remember that story, but and you guys go... Back yeah, to we some to, sort of mutual connection. I, I we went to college together. Yeah, 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 for yeah, yeah. A very short bit, but yeah, I got you, got you. She ended up becoming uh, friends with mutual friends, and I was like, oh, Marco. And then yeah, tennis and all kinds of other yeah, yeah. And so yeah, another another thing. You know what's really funny about about Mandy, my my youngest Braxton. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of separation anxiety Mm. going into like a preschool setting. And it was really, really tough. Like the first few, you know, days, actually it was longer than that, but that's part of the story. (laughs) Um, so she's his teacher Mm -hmm. and he, I can't leave him. And he, he has a rough day, like two days in a row, just Mm -hmm. 
really, really sad. Mom, dad's not around, doesn't know where he's at. Yeah. And it's tough. And so I pose like, can I stay in your classroom for a little bit? Maybe I just need to be here and he gets involved in playing and everything like that or whatever. Right. A whole month. I was in that class in the morning every single day for at least two or three hours until they had to go into like a recess or something mm -hmm. like that. And that's usually about how long it would take for him to be distracted enough yeah. and involved in his in his surroundings. And then and then it became like two hours. And then it became like one hour. But I was in that classroom with her for a month straight. Just <laughs> I, I'm in preschool now. <laughs> This is my life. <laughs> and it, I would do it all over again right. because seeing the growth, obviously, is it, that was the goal. Like, hey, let's, let's sure. get used to this surrounding. So whenever the second year, Priestel came around and he was just like, peace, dad, I'm good. I'm like, but... But I want to. I like preschool. <laughs> I want the blocks. <laughs> I want the animal crackers. <laughs> I can't get animal crackers anymore. This is garbage. <laughs> what about the apple? No applesauce. <sighs> but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, Small cool. world, right? Yeah, I forgot about the Mandy link. That's kind of funny. All right. Well, if you're it's listening, a small one, but still, Hi, Mandy. Yeah. No, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it counts. It counts. Cool. Well. We, uh, can I say a little sidebar about our friendship? Yeah. So I used to be. No. All right. Joking. Okay. <laughs> I used to be terrified of this guy when I first met him. I don't get that. Like, I've, I've heard that from so many people. <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, well, so you, you have to, I will paint a word picture. Cotton is a, uh, a fairly fit, uh, six foot four. Yeah. Stares at belly. Yes. No, stop it. Please. <laughs> uh, the problem is you have to look down to see yours. Mine is in my peripheral vision. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, it, it, tan, well-built, uh, very, I can say this, your, your eyes are striking. Striking? And I mean that in a completely homosexual way. Yeah. Uh, no, but they are very bold, they're dark, and uh, there were a lot of times, and I think, I don't know if you meant to do this because I was, you know, like newbies you were just messing with, or, but if it was funny or if you were attempting to be intimidating, but a lot of times I would come around the corner to your desk to ask you a question and be like, hey, Cotton, your eyes would get huge, and your eyebrows go up, and you're like, yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, he's going to steal my soul? <laughs> God, that is so contrary to everything I believe about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so but but then yeah, after I you know actually started getting to know you, I'm like this is a fucking teddy bear. I love this guy. But <laughs> what's funny was okay, so to make you to so that you know I understand where you're coming from. Mm. For the longest time, when I was in high school and junior high, I hung out with the not so popular crowd, and a lot of people didn't really pay much attention to me. But that was because I was shy as hell. Like I I was. I was loud not going to the people that I knew, but around people that I don't know, I just box up until I figure out who they are, mm -hmm. and then I start kind of opening up a little bit. So, graduated from high school, had a five-year reunion, which I thought was bonkers because my graduating class was like 110 people. It was so small. In five years, I'm like, I, I'm trying to forget you. But anyway, so... I got invited to this five-year reunion. Well, then I found out only like a fourth of my class was invited to this <laughs> five-year reunion. I'm like, why the hell was I invited, right? 
So I go to this five-year union, and as soon as I walk in, it was like, you know, 90s record scratch. You know, like, I, and everyone's like, oh, hey. And I had at least six people come up and be like, hey, man, I'm really glad to see you. I was kind of surprised you came. And I'm like, why? Oh, I don't know. I just, just didn't think you'd show up. And I'm like, thinking, then why did they invite me? So there's a girl that I barely even talked to ever. I mean, we went to elementary school together, for crying out loud, and just never talked. And we were outside on this deck, and we were talking, and she said, you know, I was really surprised to see. I said, okay. <laughs> You're like the fifth or sixth person to say that. Why is everybody so surprised to see me show up? And she was like, well, I don't know. In high school, you're kind of an asshole. I was like, what? What? She was like, well, yeah. I mean, you didn't really talk to anybody. You just kind of stayed over to the corner. You didn't really say anything other than your friends. I was like, I wasn't an asshole. I was fucking shy. And she's like, oh, <laughs> that explains so much. I'm like, you assholes. I love you all, but dear God. Right. And so, yeah, again, whole presumption thing. I mean, here I am, just this sweet, cuddly little guy, and everyone thinks I'm a jackass. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I didn't think you were going to show up for this. It's at your house, but, you know. No, I'm joking. Just figured my dog Samson would open up and be like, like, hey. All right, steal stuff. It's fine. Wolf. Yeah. yeah. You got ham? <laughs> you would, too. You'd be all right with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, for those of you who are listening and probably listened to the last podcast, I'm still getting over my cough. Um, I should probably either go see a doctor or an exorcist. Um, Which doctor? Oh, two and one. Two and one. Two for So, um, again, I apologize if you hear anything. I'm not going to fix it in post because it's just too hard. And really, I have no budget to do it or patience. So you're welcome to hear my coughing. Um, (laughs) So here it comes. What would you like to discuss? Oh, I have very, very strong feelings about chicken. Oh, let's do this. It's really good. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, is our lunch hour. It's true. This is really like just our lunch hour. It's like a lunch hour that we haven't had in a long time. So we're just combining... All of them. Fucking COVID. <laughs> yeah, right? So, uh, and we had always talked about, like, you know, we should just record something while we're at lunch and post it, and we still didn't do it. No. Yeah. That, so. But that's that's definitely got to be a thing. That's got to be a 2021 whenever yep. we shake up what is currently normal and go back to not normal and try to reintroduce that normal. Normal 3.0. Normal 3.0. Uh, yeah, so if you're listening and you have any ideas for a good name for our lunchtime sessions, which that is what I've been rolling around, but there's got to be something better out there, so. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because Cotton thinks my ideas are horrible. So, you know, let us know. (laughs) Anyway. Clearly. Yeah, clearly so. Um, I don't know, we, uh, I want to talk about Elon Musk at least a little bit, just because I want to try to get him on the show, and if I talk about him, I'm hoping maybe he'll be like, yeah, I'll give you five minutes, and I would Mm -hmm. be on cloud nine for five minutes. I would, I would be on cloud nine for five, I would be staring out of your window. Yeah, as you should. More than I normally do. Yeah, so hot. (laughs) And so, Elon, if you are listening, please, give me five minutes. I just want to talk to you, Uh, mostly because, I mean, Neuralink is freaking... Neuralink is just, it's its everything you want it to be, and that comes with all the complications. Right. <laughs> and that's 
Much like everything else, like, you know, Jess being a nurse, she's like, there are so many things that we can do in the medical field, and I don't even know if we should be doing half of them. And this is one of those things. Like, oh, yeah. it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. But some of the repercussions. So, for those of you who don't it gets know. gets into the wrong hands. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think we'll have a mini-series. Uh, so, Neuralink is a new technology. Um, it's it's really, it's kind of cool. They tested it on a pig. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, uh, but you can definitely speak more eloquently about it, but it's not mind control, so to speak, but no. it's more of a, a, a link to your neural network. So I would, I would aching it more to Dr. Octopus. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Just having control of something. So for those of you not biologically attached to you. <laughs> yeah. Who may not be, uh, fans of Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> Dr. Octopus. Shame on you. Yes. Go get a comic book. Um, was a, 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 he was a scientist in the comic, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, started off very close to Peter Parker. Yeah. Good guy. Got effed over by Osborne. Wanted revenge and... Wackiness ensued. And, I mean, mad scientist. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a classic mad scientist story. So he ended up creating a thing that basically gave him eight robotic arms that attached into his spine, which, uh, four, that's what I said. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it attached into his spine, which he could basically control with his neural network. And it was like adding on just extra arms. And so he could do all kinds of crazy things with them as if they were part of him. So, Neuralink. Enter Neuralink. Um... That's essentially what this system is. And, uh, you know, maybe you won't be adding more arms to a pig. But what if you I mean, if you gave more arms to a pig. Yeah. That would be kind of phenomenal. You know what you need, though, is wings. You do need wings. Because then when pigs fly, that's when all this awesome stuff is going to (laughs) start happening. When pigs fly, could literally just set off a pig flying. Can we do it now? (laughs) Enter Elon Musk. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I can make that happen. Hang on. Yeah, I can make that happen. Let me get my my ancient Martian technology that you guys are so puny mortals behind that don't understand. (laughs) I sincerely believe, we said this off, off record, but I need to bring it up now. I sincerely believe, figuratively, that... Elon Musk is not of this world. He's he's he was sent down to gradually push us into directions that other more advanced civilizations have already reached. Um, that that's where we're at. That's where like we we the, the scientific community has already started with trying to record memories. Mm-hmm. They've gotten I think a few letters. If you if you get somebody plugged. 15 million nodes onto their head and they think of the letter T yep. they have imaged in a digital image computer programming supercomputer a T that's how far they've gotten yeah Musk comes down and hands the Neuralink and this pig can control this hamster's whereabouts and it's water and it's well-being it's paying the pig rent like he's not of this world he's not he just can't. He can't be. Well, clearly, people didn't watch uh, the movie uh, Strange Days back in 1995. I don't think I remember that one. Yeah, most people haven't seen it. To be honest, it's it's kind of garbage. Uh, but it, it was... also took me about 18 years to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off for the first time. So what the fuck are you doing in my house? <laughs> uh, so no, it, Strange Days was actually a. Uh, uh, 
it was a screenplay written by James Cameron. He just kind of, you know, shelved it because it was just a side thing. And someone was like, I want to do something with it. He's like, yeah, all right. So he just let him run with it. But uh, it was kind of cool because it was essentially people were able to record uh, their interactions with life. And then they would put on what they called a squid, which was like you were saying, these, you know, uh, neurotransmitter things on your head to, to basically record it. But it, all, it recorded your feelings, your emotions, your actual sight, smells, everything. So fast forward 35 years later, and that is now Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> the parallels are endless. <laughs> but it was so cool, though, because like... You, you put it on, but the best thing I liked about it was that they recorded them on Sony mini-discs. It was... God, I remember that. The yeah. medium that was supposed to bring in, usher in the new era. Yeah, so mini-discs were essentially CDs, but about two inches in diameter that came in their own little case. Um, and then Nintendo decided to use those to make games on. Yeah, they used like a three-inch <laughs> disc, yeah. But the problem was, was mini-disc was fantastic, but actual CD burners finally became available and affordable to people at $200 for a drive, which now we laugh at because you can buy one at 30 bucks at Crazy Kenny's Computer Warehouse. And But anyway, so... I that, thought Kenny died. Probably. Yeah. But... You bastards. <laughs> uh, I thought you meant the actual Kenny. I was like, oh, because... I thought she just randomly selected Kenny to own a computer store. <laughs> See, we're on the same track. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it was, yeah, I loved it, and I still have my home and portable player and recorder because I am a dork, and I like 30-year-old technology. So, there you go. I would say that's electronically sentimental. I like that much better. We're going mm -hmm. with that. We're going to go with that. Okay. It's probably a psychological disorder, but... Probably. It sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely sounds better. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is, it's it's kind of cool. And the, the idea behind it, at least part of it for me anyway, I would like to see that, you know, you have folks who have lost limbs or the ability to use parts of their body. I mean, this would be something that now instead of having something proprietary, so to speak, you know, like, a, you know, not just a... A plastic molded arm that is there for you know visuals or maybe being you know, now you can actually attach something robotic electronic and be able to control this as if it was never gone mm -hmm. um that blows my mind and i love it i i cannot wait to see that type of application for it being used and i'm i'm hoping that's where that's heading yeah yeah i i have to agree the medical you know even even going beyond the medical, um, which is where a lot of what we have as consumers in basic technology begins. Mm -hmm. So going out to space, which is my favorite topic, one of, yeah, gave us the MRI. Mm -hmm. But now we have a way to take that magnetic right. technology and turn it into... A cell phone. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. It's freaking crazy. It's Louis C.K. has a great bit on on cell phones. It's like you're literally sending a thought. It's going all the way out into space, and it comes back, and 
goes to somebody else's phone. It's amazing. And people complain about it. Like, oh, this is like 20 seconds. It's going out to space. <laughs> I love it. But it's it's practical and it's real. Like, yeah. the technology, I mean, we're, it's, we've enabled a digital form of telepathy. But anyway, uh, it's those types of things that you could now do with your mind if you have a Neuralink. Mm-hmm. And just think about... Being able to, instead of remote control a robot in a war situation, for instance, mm-hmm. and this is where you start getting all uh-huh. the into the controversy, yep. uh, because it can definitely have a lot of benefits, but then that technology is shared and it gets around to the world. And now, now it's not nuclear threat. It's like yep. mind threat. It's it, how far does that really go? And I, I think you can make it in a way that it doesn't control a person, but yeah. then you get a Doc Ock person uh-huh. that comes in and says, I know what I can do to make this control people. And yep. now you have, you know, whatever, I can't even think of the book now, but anyway, yeah, this is like a, like a mindless well, that's, society type of scenario. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. So you, you talk about war and you're like, people like, ah, whatever. I mean, this has been going through sci-fi for a long time hell that's what naked gun was about sleeper agents you know that do, right yeah <laughs> that do something they wake up and they have no idea what just happened and <laughs> yeah. that, that could literally be if you reverse engineered it to do something like that to mm-hmm. feed instead of whatever that there you go and then like you said if you were to be able to get that to to just mindlessly control the population all you need is somebody's Wi-Fi password, yep. and you have a neural link to somebody else's cell phone. You know, yeah. it's it's identity theft. Like, there's there's so many different things that can go wrong there. Yes, I but- believe you pursue it anyway. There's never been a scenario in our history where we were like, nah. <laughs> this could be really cool. This could be really cool. Oh, it always has it. like it, the the. A lot of conversations I have with people are they're tr- they're the conversation, especially around issues, you know, mm-hmm. like political issues, scientific issues. You know, it, it, the the list can go on about all these different problems that we have to solve: homelessness and hunger and everything. Like, well, if we just did this, if we just did this, and I'm like, we have been just doing X, Y, and Z right. for the entirety of human civilization. Yes. Every time you make a new development, you create a new problem. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to embrace the fact that Neuralink is going to cause problems. How do we circumvent that a little bit? Like identity theft did not exist to the capacity that it does now until the internet. But what what are our lives like without the internet? So, let's talk about the internet. Um, fantastic. I still want to talk about Neuralink. Well, the who? <laughs> no, we will. But yeah. the internet. I mean, again, it, it was it was something where there was this brainchild of, hey, I can send this message from DARPAnet. A to B, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, email, everything, Telnet came out. There's all kinds of these these different connections and everything. And it was like, man, we can start sending more. We can do more. Now it's not just text, it's pictures. Now it's not just pictures, it's entire sites. It's And now it's America in its entirety online. <laughs> you can fit the entire internet on a three and a half inch floppy. Every month. Oh, 
the time. God, I was working retail during that too. Can I get the internet? Oh, oh my God. fucking Circuit City. Uh, yeah, but anyway. So, but here's the thing: the the internet is fantastic, especially in this COVID crisis that we're all going through worldwide right now. You and I, as an example, are able to continue working our jobs from home, mm-hmm. almost as if nothing had changed. I mean, there's little differences, of course, but we're still able to do our job at 95% capacity, essentially. Hashtag blessed. Yes, and and that's fantastic. But then you have people who are out there doing porn and human trafficking and <laughs> drug sales and gun running, and there's all kinds of shit that you could do. So, yeah, it's horrible. But it's with this Neuralink. That's what I wanted to say. Is I I honestly feel that the good is going to overcome the bad, and I think that I I believe that people are inherently good. Um, it's how we were built, regardless of how you feel that we were built. Uh, but that's so I I I I have an eternal optimistic hope that anything like that would be used. Primarily, Primarily for, for good. good. Yes. Yeah. The, the the thing with that, even when even when DARPAnet began, like that's that's the beginning of the internet, and it was during wartime. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, find some way to communicate faster than what we're doing right now, encrypt it, do all this stuff, and and honestly, like a lot of our security protocols that we have in the IT world right now, significantly better than it was then, but began with that premise if we're going to do this it needs to be secure yes so internet has always had a level of security and like you know you said you can reverse engineer the code the zeros and ones and then turn it into a way to gain an advantage on somebody whether that be a financial mm-hmm. you know takeaway or an, an entire identity or something along those lines um but you go into smart people as they are go into a problem, and also try to work out those problems. I sincerely believe Neuralink is going to be something that for sure could potentially lead to certain things, but the smart people like Elon Musk, who already knows what all the problems is because he's had it on his home civilization planet for at least (laughs) 400 years now, uh, he he already sees all that, and they're going to be able to work out at least to some degree, mm-hmm. you never can anticipate everything. And right. he's probably going to be like, well, I anticipated this and knew how to fix it, but I can't really give up my secret. So here, you know, yeah, a few people get hacked or whatever and becomes a YouTube series. Who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I strongly agree. The good outweighs the bad in that scenario and all future scenarios. If we're talking about technology in general, Neuralink bring I think brings up and re-sparks the whole conversation behind like genetic modification. Yeah. It's it's the, in my opinion it's it's very very close to the exact same controversy. Mm-hmm. What if it gets into the wrong hands? What are we going to do? Individualism like like we can we're we're getting really close to being able to genetically link every single one of our thoughts, decisions, actions, our physiology, our psychology Everything. And a, a lot of it can be explained genetically. Mm-hmm. We have 22,000 genes working in our body. Um, in, in, I mean, in just in just one strand. Right. You know, that's uh, 22,000 things, you know, um, that, that make you who you are. Uh, and there's 
we've okay so we've mapped that out to a degree it's not i don't think it's completely mapped out i'd have to go and look i don't really right. follow genetics all that much but we know enough to know where problems are mm -hmm. we know enough to know that a cell correction or a cell replicating has 100 and at least 127,000 mistakes made mm. on each replication that that takes you to the thought process like okay well what if we corrected at least half of that what if we were able to make a, 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 a take a gene and modify it in a way where every time it replicates it only does 60 yep what if that cell correction and all of those mistakes are linked to aging right i think if i'm not mistaken that is part obviously there's more factors it's sure significantly more complicated than i'm making it sound <laughs> yes yes but um you fix those types of things mm -hmm. half uh, that's half you all you did was take half of those corrections and make them correct you know or mistakes and make them correct i mm -hmm. keep saying corrections um but if we have a lifespan of uh, that's ever increasing yes 80 85 something like that if our link to that is just stop the mistakes at half we're now living to 160 170 mm -hmm. healthily 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 healthfully i hate that you put that in my head yeah because now i gotta figure that out anyway um, you're not going to be old and decrepit. <laughs> you're not going to be. You'll look 30 at least until you're 130. <laughs> yeah. So, and and there there's um, there was an interesting series on National Geographic. It's like a four, I think, four or six episode series. They've never done any other season because it's it's very much a futurist a futurist playground, mm. and it's 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 mental gymnastics out the ass yeah you know you, the, the things that you have to wrap your head around to understand where they're coming from um but the series was called year million oh and if anybody is interested in looking up what the future of the human race looks like not a million years from now and the show explains that this isn't what we expect to happen in a million years this is just what we ex can foresee based on what our current understanding of science math physics right, everything yeah. around us um and breakthroughs that we've made breakthroughs in theory that we've made there's a lot of things that we we know that that math tells us that we have yet to either observe naturally or or uh recreate in some manner mm -hmm. um and we can get into that. I'm really going off on a tangent here. But, uh, oh, we're all about tangents on this uh, show. I, I like tangents. But uh, seeing what it looks like in the, in the, in the distant future, and they talk about that. There's an, there's an entire episode where in the year million, you know, distant, 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 distant future, we've figured out how to live to be at least 400. And they they anticipate this. This is this is phys uh, physicists like Michio Kaku mm. and I Lawrence Krauss. Long. Yeah, uh, you know people that have spent their entire lives in theoretical physics, mm -hmm. um, planning this out in their head. Like this is what could happen. And um, I had an original point. 
as to why I was bringing this up. <laughs> I can't. I can't think of it. I think it all really tie. I think if, if I'm thinking correctly, probably not. But if we're able to get to that point, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a lot of problems that we have to solve yeah. to get to that point. Right. You know. Um, one of my favorite things that Michio Kaku actually mentions is, and he talks about every civilization, every possible alien civilization. Yes. Um, the What happens to that civilization is when they discover element 92. It's uranium. Mm-hmm. We discovered it. We got the Manhattan Project out of it. Yeah. And Japan didn't like that no. at all. Twice. Wasn't it three? Or was the third bomb not a... I don't I, know. I can't I remember. Too. Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect example of how science can be manipulated in a way to bring devastation. Mm-hmm. But in that, we've got a lot of practicality yeah. that came from, from that. I mean, Albert Einstein worked on that. Mm-hmm. And it helped. it really helped shape his ideas on general relativity and special relativity. Uh, and we have practical applications of, of everything like that. That's why we have a floating space station um, being tethered to a pole because we all know the Earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> and For birds, the record. And birds aren't real. And birds aren't real. Yeah. No, uh, I am not a flat earther. I just like to make fun of them. Um, if the Earth was flat, cats would have pushed everything off the edge far by. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Yes. So, yeah. So, to get to that point, and to champion the thought that I think we are inherently good and we will we will move past element 92 and, and beyond. Uh, there's going to have to be a lot of technological advancement. And with that, there's going to have to be solutions to new problems. Yeah. And that's that's where I think Neuralink, something like Neuralink can be good. Something like genetic modification can be good. Imagine, I mean, there's... F- f- 15% of cancer is genetic. No. The rest of it, the rest of it's environmental. You're getting it from something. Yeah. Um, but 15% of that is genetic. You can cure that with a modification. You can cure cancer finding out what mutates and stopping it. Nice. What you don't know is what if I mutate that and it changes something else? Mm-hmm. You got to go down that path. You have to. I, I think it's it's a moral obligation to go down that path and figure it out. Because if we just stop and say, I don't need to do that, we're back in the Dark Ages. That's what the entire Dark Ages was. This is the answer for everything. We no longer need to progress. Yeah. Hence the name Dark Ages. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. The light bulb wasn't on. <laughs> so, no, and I fully agree. Um with that aspect of it as you know if you find an avenue you should go down it um how far down that's where we may differ or have there have mm-hmm. uh you know different uh, strengths of opinion so to speak geo ursula hits a sacrifice fly just letting you know oh thank yeah, that, god that's, that's that interrupted that the podcast otherwise <laughs> i wouldn't be able to sleep i'm just <laughs> um as an example um, let's use cloning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so been done right. So they they cloned a, a lamb named Dolly, mm-hmm. right? And this was back in what the late nineties, was late nineties? Yeah. 
So they cloned his sheep, uh, Dolly, and we did it. It's done. We know that it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was where we drew the line. But like you said, we when we had the practical knowledge and we knew that we had the technology and we knew that you know it, we could have just been like eh. And we could be talking about it, you know, 20-some years later, being like, man, I wish they would have done that. Mm-hmm. I wonder what would have happened. Well, now we know that it's it's possible. Mm-hmm. And when people were like, well, should we do humans? And pretty much every human in the world unanimously was like, no. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't want another me walking around. No shit. I can barely handle myself, let alone another one. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that and that's where I agree with you. We need to, we need to at least touch the line uh, and, mm-hmm. and go... Go from there and see. So yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, yeah. I it, if you don't, then you're not creating those problems, right? And a lot of people will think that that's a good thing. Well, there's no problems. I just blah 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 blah. But look at what you're leaving behind. Look at the things that could be fixed if you continued right. down that route. Yeah. But if you and, and a lot of times being educated on a problem isn't isn't doesn't need to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Just like corrections in ourselves, you know. We consume, you know, news and all these other things and I'm not going to segment into anything there just yet. But yeah, we'll get we consume this in, we, yeah. <laughs> we consume this information and we consume this and that and the other and at some point you believe something. Mm-hmm. And then that belief gets immediately questioned because there's going to be somebody that that believes differently. Sure. Now, what is right and what is wrong? You know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen that meme. You're standing in front of a six and he's standing in front of a nine. Yeah. But it's the same picture. It's a six. It's a nine, you know. Mm -hmm. And then there's all different variations about why somebody in that instance is wrong. (laughs) It's either a six or a nine. Yeah. Like, no, somebody painted it sideways. It's actually, you know, a almost completed Christian fish. <laughs> you a know? ball with a giant dick. Yeah. Like. <laughs> a teardrop. That's what it was. You're both wrong. That's probably likely the most. most but anyway. Um, so you, if you don't, if you, if you end up being wrong, you have an opportunity to either combat the the belief or the, the, the what's truth mm-hmm. and continue to believe what you want to believe politics right or you can correct yourself correct and and that opportunity sure it's humbling it's it's humbling experience it's it's a, an attack on your pride but you got better yes and that's the problem not the problem a problem that a lot of people have nowadays where we're in this mentality of it's my opinion and it's right. Well, no, you you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to how you feel on things. Absolutely. But like you said, if someone's showing you, well, you might feel this way on this, but here's the actual answer. You said humbling. That's a perfect example. When you're wrong, you need to admit you're wrong, not Mm -hmm. only to the other person, but to yourself and then learn from that scenario. Now, here's the thing. You might you might still feel the same way about it, but you now know something different about it and can now enter that into your personality, into your mentality and and your thought process Mm -hmm. and grow from there. Yes. Um, As an example, 
when I was a, a young teenager, there were a lot of things that, I don't know how open I want to get on this. Uh, there were a lot of things that I was just like, nope, wrong. You know, like, it, no. well, what about, nope, wrong. I mean, every teenager knows everything, right? Sure, right. I and, have two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, at least you get a reprieve for a little while, but then you have two at the exact same age, practically. Um, but so, you know, and then as I got into life and I'm meeting these people who, you know, I thought were quote unquote wrong. I'm like, check this out. They're actually people. Yeah. Uh, There's know? a personality behind their wrongness. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so that's where a, a lot of things where I'm like, motherfucker so i get conflicted on a couple things um maybe we'll talk about this on the break or after the break uh Mm -hmm. but there are a couple of things where i have internal conflicts because personality wise i'm like yeah all right but my moral compass and my beliefs that i believe are like no so that's where i'm getting at where you can learn that you we're incorrect and you can take that into, but you're going to have a little bit of a struggle and you just got to figure out which path and which way you want to go with it. Mm-hmm. So I do want to hit on Go ahead. And thus Neuralink is good. Yes. <laughs> because cotton said so. Because cotton said so. But no, I mean that that's, that's essentially, you know, the, another tributary from our main, our main point. But if you don't figure out what the problem is, then you don't know what to fix. Mm-hmm. And if you have a bunch of things that need fixing, you need to figure out the problems mm-hmm. and you need to try to address that solution, find out what those new solu- new problems are and then address those. And then it's just an endless cycle of here's new information. What do I do with it? It can do this good thing and it can do this bad thing. Well, now I've got to figure out how to address this bad thing. That bad thing can lead to new technology or it can just be like, this is actually not going to be something that I need to worry about, you know? Right. Um, and it, it, we need to push the envelope. We need to, we need to get to a point where, where we're curing things like um, cystic fibrosis. Yes. And MS. MS. You know, a, a gene modification. They're getting so close mm-hmm. to being able to flip that switch. We have designer babies right now. Yeah. And that's a thing, and that's a controversy. Like. You're going in and taking out the individualism that came from that one sperm. (laughs) If you break it down to like just what biology is, Mm -hmm. it's super simplistic to be like, yeah, it's it's sperm. Like who the fuck gives? (laughs) Who cares about it's it's sperm? It's and it's one of them out of twenty two million out of so many (laughs) millions of sperm. This one won. Yeah, maybe that's why we praise it so much. It's like. You survived. <laughs> Woo-hoo. The ultimate Olympics. The ultimate Olympics. You got through. There's only one. Go you. There's only one game, and it's the long swim. The long swim. <laughs> the big connection. So you think it you think down to it from a biological perspective, and if you are able to go in and just take that sperm mm-hmm. and then Tell the egg and the sperm how to talk to each other. Hey, I know you're going down this road, but I really want to to talk to each other this way. It's morally in it's morally evil not to pursue that, in my opinion. There's going to be a period of time where we do get to that point. Mm-hmm. There is. And this this is another thing from your million. 
and Lawrence Krauss touches upon this too. I went to see him and Sam Harris um, in in a in a talk in Chicago with a buddy of mine, um, Kevin. Um, <laughs> and he touched upon this, but your million kind of touched upon this too. You're we're going to get to a point where we get past the controversy. Mm-hmm. We've solved the problems that come with the controversy. Here's what good it's doing, and we've eliminated so many genetic things. We found out so much more that is genetic that we didn't know before. We eliminate that. We're going to get to a point where we're going to look back at that as an accomplishment, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be taboo, just like not vaccinating your children. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we It's going to be (laughs) taboo. Because you know, you know, yes. politically, there's going to be a crowd that's going to be like, I'm not taking that out of my child. And they're going to die from cystic fibrosis. Yep. And the entire world is going to judge them because that's what that's the moral st- that's the yep. moral hill they want to die on. Yep. And it's literally you're you're doing that to your child. Mm-hmm. And vaccines is, is a very similar approach to that. But we're going to get past that. I wholeheartedly sure. believe we're going to get past that. We're going to get past that. People are going to stop believing the fucking earth is flat. And <laughs> we're going to get to a point where we can genetically modify a child to never, ever have to deal with what they could have possibly potentially had to have dealt with. Yes. Because it's been a gene that's been passed down. And we'll be able to modify that. And we'll never see these things again. We'll be able to go to our, our children's 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 children. It's going to be able to look back and be like, you know, my great-great-grandfather didn't have his genes modified. They're going to, their mind's going to be blown. Yep. In their augmented reality PlayStation 24. <laughs> what? So, and, and while you're right when, when you're saying that it would be morally wrong to not pursue that, which I I... Agree with you on that. If we're talking about medical reasons to greater to be greater good mm-hmm. for the civilization, mm-hmm. not even just for the species, the line, in my opinion, and this is where I'm hoping we can get a little, a little saucy. All right, all right. It would be McDonald's children. I want my kid to be blue-eyed. I want my kid to be blonde. I want my kid to be seven foot tall and be pre-positioned, pre-you know, dispositioned to play basketball. That's what terrifies me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then that, that's the, that's things that you can definitely do. I think um, in vitro fertilization has has gotten us to that conversation mm-hmm. because you can you can go into that and the test two baby and I mean it's still two people's genetic DNA being being put together and then you pop that into a woman's womb. Right. God, I hope that didn't come off chauvinistic. It was very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's not that's not my position. But it's it's for lack of a better way to, to, to describe that, you know, you they implant and then yes. it's birth. They can they can manipulate what's there first. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, that's 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 you're now you're on the fence of that controversy where it starts touching up on people's like opinions between what is scientific and what is divine, mm-hmm. you know, and that's definitely worth a conversation as well. Maybe we'll talk about that after the break. Let's talk about that after the break. Divine and, and science, yeah, yeah, science and religion, sure. God, this is gonna be so good. <laughs> It's a hell of a teaser, too. <laughs> um, 
Real quick, I want to mention this part, and then we'll probably take a break because, you know, I I want to say some words, too. I want to be on the podcast. Um, (laughs) I'm just teasing. Uh, So when you're talking about reverse engineering, it made me think of something that uh, years ago I had heard um, a story from a when I was a bartender for a very short period of time. There's a patron who came in who's very much like yourself. Um, I know you well enough. I can say this without... um, uh, insulting you, I would ho- hope, but, uh, you know, uh, intelligent, um, in an unassuming way, uh, you're not the, you know, the gray haired wearing patches on your elbows kind of guy, you know, <laughs> that you would expect to start spewing stuff. A Jeremy Irons type of guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, just not diehard three Jeremy Irons. That's been- <laughs> no, so Mufasa or Scar. What Scar, about that? Scar. <laughs> James Earl Jones. Dare you said defile the name? Yeah, sorry. <sighs> so <sighs> thus endeth the podcast. No. So he was <laughs> he was talking about all kinds of different things, and he was talking about how uh, there was such a huge um, technology boom that started happening uh, in in the 50s, where all of a sudden things just started coming to life. And he's like, you know, we look at that technology now, and it's like, yeah, whatever. But he's like, back then there was, you know, we were able to do transistors and resistors that made things so so much smaller and compact than we had before. And we were coming out with, you know, color televisions and doing this and that. He said that there was a book out there that, and this is where it gets fun, so you might enjoy this. There was a book that was allegedly written by someone who was part of the Area 51 project. Mm -hmm. And that he stated that the Roswell crash was real. There was alien technology on, you know, this UFO that had crash landed, obviously. Um, They had done all kinds of different biological experiments on, you know, the ones who passed. Um, But they took the technology that was on this ship. What they did was... They took it to different companies and said, hey, like RCA was one, said, hey, we found out that the Chinese or the Japanese are actually developing this technology right here. We need you to reverse engineer it, figure out how it works, and we're going to start using this, whatever. So they were actually putting this alien technology in people's hands. This is the book, right? Yeah, this okay. is the book. and the, the, But this is his account. Uh, of what had happened and it it's supposedly non-fiction uh but again that was my next question yeah it's it's not a it's not a fiction story it was it, it allegedly an account non- of true an account yes yeah and so these companies were going through and they're like man these chinese have gone you know so far advanced look at what this does and how this works and we so should initiate trade with them yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. Nothing there. could go wrong there. Uh, and so, but, you know, and that's how all of a sudden we started getting all this new technology because we were able to use this stuff that crash landed on our planet and they had reversed. Now, whether you believe that or not, I don't know. And that's fine. We can discuss. I don't even know if I fully believe it, but it, it seems to fit the, the, the timeline of things that happen anyway and events in the world. I just want to know if there's anyone out there, what the fuck the name of that book was. Because Nikki passed away, and I can't ask him what the name <laughs> of the book was. And I'm, I'm going to have to work on my Google flu for that one. Dude, I, and that's the thing. Like, I'll think about it once in a while. I'm like, all right, Google, come on, buddy. We can do this. <laughs> and, like, after a half hour, I just get mad. Yeah. But I would love to find that. And that's why when we were talking about, you know, Elon being from another <laughs> 
maybe he's there. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe he is the one that yeah he ran actually, RCA. No. <laughs> he was able to land his. That's how his rockets can land without being you know just tossed in the ocean. That's another thing. Like how have I mean? Yes. So I get I get. I, so NASA, you know, publicly funded this and that and the other. Yeah. People have questioned why they haven't gotten there. I understand why they haven't gotten there because they work with all of these people. Like, oh, you're going into space. We're going to need to understand what you're doing. Yeah. So they work with that. They work with Amazon One Blue. Fiend. What was what's uh, <sighs> Bezos's space? I can't. I'll it's look blue, it up. It's blue something. Yeah. But um, but then then you have SpaceX. Yeah. And NASA's like, we have a limited budget. They're already doing this. Let's just fund them and see what happens. Blue Origin. Blue or yes, yes, okay. yes. Um so so yeah, like I'm just gonna get that out there. I, I know why private enterprises trusted in that and that's it, but they're still receiving funding. Yes. I think. I th- I think NASA doesn't continue to pursue because they're like, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to pay you to do it. Essentially, yeah. Like, that's, yeah. yeah, because of budgetary cuts and things that have been made, yes. And now yeah. that it has hit the private sector very heavily, I mean, with Elon, Amazon, things like this, it, it makes sense that the government's going to kind of take a, you know, we're going to back off, but we're going to watch kind of oh, yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It makes sense. And now it's delivering cargo and landing down there like that that stuff that's like a reusable rocket yeah come on are you like, kidding me we weren't already reusing them <laughs> don't we have to go out into the ocean and get that shit yeah like, exactly <laughs> right but but yeah. no i mean it, it would be shot you have to rebuild it and and refuel it and all these different things would would blow up and you, you just i mean you couldn't use it yet. you'd have to you'd have to re it's like i'm gonna drive this model t that i just finally put the final final touches on I'm gonna drive it and participate in a demo demolition derby. <laughs> Works one time. Yep. And then you gotta go back to the the drawing board and do all the same stuff all over again. So reusing rocket, I mean that's the the, um, the impact, the financial impact is is insane. You yep. can you can now go to space twice as often and still be under budget from what you were previously doing yeah disgusting and i love it every right, minute of it great <sighs> all right well hey that sounds like a good place for us to take a little bit of a break so um yeah science and religion <laughs> i'm gonna do a bit of an intro on that before uh before we get into that conversation because i want to give a little more uh, background on both of us, uh, you know, on that kind of scenario and, and some things, so that maybe you can get a better in-depth understanding of what the conversation is going to be like when we actually have it. So anyway, um, yeah, here's going to be a few words and a little bit of music. Hope you enjoy, and we'll see you here in just a second. And we are back. We enjoyed our little break. Hopefully you did as well. Um, and uh, so now we're going to talk about what we uh, teased there at the end of the first part about uh, religion versus science. Um, we both have very different opinions and views on it. And what's funny is mine, I think, kind of boggles your mind a little bit. I don't know that we've ever really talked about it, but... 
We're going to talk about it now. We're going to talk about it. So, but before we do, I wanted to do this, just a quick rapid fire of things that, uh, that Cotton and I, by the way, I never call him by his first name. He Nobody is Cotton. Does. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> someone says Steve and I'm like, who? Um, <laughs> Friends that, that don't work with us call me Steve. That's how I was, and that's, that's what it was known. But yeah. work became Cotton all the way back to like, I don't know. Do you remember Keith? No. Yeah. It's, I think it kind of started with him. He yeah. would call me Cotton. And then all the tier threes then called me Cotton, and then, it, yeah, it just it, I I I don't know the precise like, you have these things in your life where when did that start? <laughs> I don't have no idea when that started, but it is now my identity. And there it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, so we'll start easy, and then I'll kind of uh, uh, go into some things. But anyway, so just rapid fire. So uh, politics. I am more conservative. You are liberal, right? Um, obviously, you are very much a science-minded person. Yes, I am. I am more religious. Um, you had a religious childhood, yes? I did. Yeah, but you... Like traveling musician family from church to church in the southern parts of Louisiana. Yeah, okay. Like So, yeah, like right. traditional... Southern gospel, non-denominational. We never identified with like Baptists and Methodists. Like I was raised to believe that they believe incorrectly. Like that's how yeah. differing things get, you know, in, yeah. in my history there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess I don't really need to go much more into that. I was going to do more, but I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head. But <laughs> Cotton and I, Ed, we we have different views on many number of things, uh, and yet here we are in the same room, friends for three years, and and having conversations about it. And this is uh, part of the meat of this uh, podcast is talking about things that. We don't agree about, and yet we're going to shake hands and grab each other's asses afterwards and, and head on our Fervently way. Fervently. And with vigor. Oh, it's the vigor I love. <laughs> <laughs> so, science versus religion. Um, I don't even like that phrase because I feel science explains religion. And re- and. Your mind is probably like you're an idiot, and that's okay if that's how you feel. Um, there are a lot of religious people that I have friends that are very religious that are like, you're an idiot. Um, and I will explain my end of things because as during the break off mic, we were talking about uh, things like, oh, yeah, so that could actually tie into this conversation really well. Um, I don't understand why there's a versus that's that's my viewpoint. I I feel that religion and science are almost one in the same, um, and we can get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the six days of creation and and things like that, and and we will we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But um, you're very much a science minded person. My question would be: You were Raised in a religious home, like you said, um, you went to a religious college. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, where was the disconnect? Where was the change where you were like, you know, religion just isn't doing it for me. Do, do you know, like if there was a specific point or instance or were you just like, nah, it just kind of evolved into that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an, an evolution that took place. Um, 
And if you don't want to share that, that's oh, fine. No, I'm just, I, okay. So it, I have no problems with it. It's just, it's, 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 I, like I, excuse me, right in my face. Yeah. No, take the, it. He did not do that, guys. <laughs> um, so it, like I said at the beginning, like there's those things in your life where like, when did that happen? I do have a moment where I officially, I was, it was late at night. I, I have trouble sleeping. It was late at night and I'm scrolling through Facebook and this and that and the other. But you, you know how you do this thing where you're scrolling through Facebook or whatever social media or something or playing a game or even have the TV on, mm-hmm. but your attention is on none of that. You're on your, you're, you're just in your world, yep. you know, doing whatever. There is a precise moment where I was in that bubble and I was like, you know what? None of this makes sense to me anymore. But there was a lot of factors that led up to that. Mm-hmm. All shit. I mean, you could, you could do this. I could talk about this for an hour and I'm not going to. So, <laughs> um, it, it really, it really was like, observing human behavior Mm -hmm. i was i was raised christian Mm -hmm. i was raised this is what you should believe this and this and this you know and believe this do not believe anything else and i really the things that i can relate to you on is how involved i was in in church and, and stuff growing up uh, I always wanted to be on the worship team. I love music. I wanted to play music, and I always wanted to do that. I mean, I've been playing drums since I was like six. Mm-hmm. This, this is the first time I can remember my, you know, my family being like, "Sit on this and do something." <laughs> and I always wanted to do that because my aunt played, my brothers played, uh, and I, I would see it. I would always see them doing that, and I was like, "That's what I want to do." But that's neither here nor there. Like I, I was invested. Mm-hmm. You know, I was growing up and I was being taught to be invested, and. You know, you go through the religious channel and you're taught, you know, you're in this world. You're not of this world. And everything is a you against the world mentality. And I believe that. I was to my core. I believed that. And I was taught all evangelicals are Republican. You need to you need to think this way. Yeah. You know, and my parents never really drilled politics into me Mm. they just shared what they believed needed to happen and my worldview was shaped around that so i'm like yes this that and the other you know like uh i'm in ohio and george w h you know no george w uh w w um was running for office after clinton and and I was, that's who I supported. I was like, that's because everything that I know in life, he's the one, you yeah. know? Excuse me. When it started changing for me, first began with human behavior. And I had always been, always been interested in science, always been interested in space and all this other stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then. Things explain things, and then those things explain things. I did really well in school with with all of that mm-hmm. um, because my I was entranced by you know this can explain this, this can explain this, and the first thing was human behavior, and so I'm like, well, and as I kind of touched up on in my in my introduction, like I went to World Harvest Bible College, and there were just people there that 
didn't really exemplify what I was taught. Mm. Like, so what's happening here? You know, mm-hmm. why, why is this a thing or whatever? And I questioned it. And the more I questioned that, the more people turned against me. Hmm. And I had, I had interests in certain, cause I would, I would talk with, you know, various, various people and this and that and the other. And, uh, I, after a while, you know, I became interested like, Hey, you know, maybe this might be like a more than relationship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And boy, was I ridiculed. You don't come to Bible college to find a wife. I'm like, how many stories have we heard where they met their wife and caught like, why would I not try to explore that in some manner? Yeah. Like, you know what, what's going on? I'm 17 years old. <laughs> Let me live. <laughs> you know, Brigham Young university. There's a lot of women that go there just to get an, what they call an MRS degree. They literally go to college to meet a husband. Well, it's hilarious. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Then that's a topic for another day. Right. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, there was a lot of, and I had I had some really good friends that um, that I you know I, that obviously didn't shun me out. In fact, they took me in. I was seventeen, irresponsible. I was never really taught how to manage money, yeah, and I failed miserably at that. But there were people set up in my life, so me still being very integrated, you know, my life very attached to to the the background that is that is christian you know Mm -hmm. this is my worldview this is how i view the world this is i'm operating this way because i have no other clue of what's what to think Mm -hmm. um i i go through this kind of struggle with with human behavior like i don't get it i don't get it teachers even you know like i i would i would talk with teachers and try to explain this is how i feel and it was always a reshaping it was always Mm -hmm. this is how you need to think this is how you need to think. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And then I look at my situation. I'm like, man, my finances really suck. But this person, Shamik, is, was my best friend in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me live with him. Let me live with him. We weren't free. Mm. And in, in the moment, I didn't think enough to, to offer anything. Yeah. Because I viewed that as God helped me. Sure. God put this in my life and helped me and then and then it's a, and I left it at that. And I'm like, okay, this is this is how I bounce back. Mm-hmm. And I think back to that like what the hell was I doing? <laughs> this dude literally supported me. Yeah. I offered nothing in return and just viewed that as God's gift. And now, and then he may think like, uh, I'm still friends with him on Facebook and he may, he may think like, yeah, that's exactly what that was. I was, I was helping you, you know, Mm -hmm. but we actually never really had the conversation and, and, and me reaching out and being like, Hey, I'm sorry. I, I did that. Like, (laughs) can, can we talk about like, tell me how much of a piece of shit I am (laughs) so that I can apologize and, and start and start maybe trying to make that up a little bit. Anyway, but that's that was purely 100% what I was believing in the moment. Mm-hmm. This this dude is helping me out and I'm thoroughly grateful. I mean, I I I did what I could mm-hmm. around there and and ended up getting a job and then moving out on my own. You know, all all of that came to came to fruition. Like I was I was I was out of that. Mm-hmm. Um 
but then I start living on my own. Like I'm on my own. I'm, I'm my first time paying rent and this and that and the other. Yeah. And things are really, really, really tough. So now I'm, I was brought up on prosperity preaching mm. and I'm really struggling. Yeah. Super struggling. And it's always, the, the mantra has always been, you know, God's not going to put you through what you can't handle. Asking you shall receive. Asking and, you shall receive. Right. And yeah. do all these things. So I'm throwing money into this scenario that is supposed to bring me back. And right. I, again, I go to teachers and I'm like, some of this isn't really happening, you know? And I'm not, I'm, at that point, I'm not questioning. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even remotely thinking that this is a scam or sure. nothing, you know, I am still invested because that's, that's my worldview. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm, am like, what do I need to change about myself? What do I need to change? How do I need to think? Mm -hmm. You need to think this way. You need to do this. You need to do that. There's a theme. You're probably catching on. <laughs> um, and sometimes you get that check in the mail and you're like, oh man, I really needed this. You know, thank yep. God. You know, somebody right. came in and it's just somebody heard me, needed, knew I needed something and delivered it, yep. you know? And I'm like, but God acted on, on, or on her mind mm -hmm. and, and moved her to do that and this and that and the other. And if my family hears this, it'll be the first time they realize like how distant I really am. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's, that's the explanation, you know? In prosperity preaching, it's things happen randomly for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I believed it and I kept believing it and kept believing it and kept believing it. And then eventually I get to a point where I'm stable. You know, I've got a decent job. Uh, I get married, you know, to my wonderful wife and we buy a house, you know, like, hey, my credit's good. Hey. Uh, not anymore, but Hey, <laughs> I, I bought a house. Hey, we have, we have two vehicles. Hey, I got promoted at work. You know, these are all these, these little things. And I'm like, you, I start, I, this, this starts to happen. And that's probably the moment that things really started to change because it's at that point that I've reconciled human behavior with expectation mm -hmm. And none of that was a molding of my mind. Mm -hmm. It was discovering, it was discovering like, it's just being educated. Right. Is really, is really what it started doing. And I started, I really started diving more into uh, astronomy. And that's where the astrophysics major comes in. And, you know, I'm really pursuing this this level of thought, and I'm seeing, you know, here's how this theory works, and here's how this theory works. And you grow up, and you're thinking, this, there's all this information that we have that brings about all of this technology that we have that we depend on, and and all of a sudden, like, in and you go, you start diving into things like relativity right. and what what that means and what it can mean for the future. And like in the future, this can happen. You know, I was getting mesmerized by, by that science. Mm -hmm. And that was another factor. Like I started, I started questioning things like specifically in the Bible 
at that point. Mm -hmm. No, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. This thing clearly happened. You know, something in science or something we discovered clearly happened. Uh, But the word of God is infallible. But it was written by man, you know, and you start making all of these things. And I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to question those things. But then I'm immediately like, no, 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 no. I, I have an explanation. I have a religious explanation for that. That's what I learned whenever I was seven. <laughs> this is what I learned. And I started questioning the questioning mm-hmm. at that point. I was just like, well, wait, wait. This, that, and the other, it, led, it just led to more evolved thought and more evolved thought. And to the point where I got to a point at one night, and I have a friend of mine, um, Kevin again, really, really, basically one of my best friends, my best friend. Fuck you, Jason. I uh, knew it. <laughs> but um, I texted him. I'm like, I don't believe in this anymore. And he was like, Sweet. When do you want to have a Bible running session? I'm like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah. And again, I, I've, I've talked. Way more than I wanted to about this, but you more than I wanted to listen to. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, (laughs) but that's that. It's that it it really encapsulates kind of that evolution Mm -hmm. on on my train of thought. I started questioning things, and the infallible word of God um, is fallible because it's human. It's human. Like you can you can preach. I was ordained. In that moment, and it was God speaking through me, and I got that explanation. I understand that from the religious perspective. Then you question things like, well, if we are born in sin, born imperfect, all the way from Adam to now, this super, super important and life-saving structure of life that you need to abide by i'm going to take that imperfect human set of humans not just one set of humans and trust them to write this and then i'm going to trust that they are able to translate it for years for centuries for millennia translation after translation after translation after translation and i've i've learned through through my scientific viewpoint that we don't have science without religion yeah. because religion is just in my, in my viewpoint was a way to explain the world as they knew it, as best they could. This is what happened. We see a, a red moon now and know that that is a lunar eclipse, right? We know why yes. we know the science behind it back then. We didn't know why right. red moon meant somebody's angry yep. and I need to kill this sheep. <laughs> over here i need to kill dolly in order for my family to prosper there's no other explanation for that yeah they see that you have this super important life-saving message why are there 3400 other messages did was that an expansion of just people diversifying their portfolio in other countries <laughs> And this is what I believe. And does it does it stem from that? You know? No. Because when Christianity was formed, it was in a certain region. But yeah. there was civilization starting up everywhere, everywhere else. 
they grew up and they explained it their way. They grew up and they explained it their way. So, so how do we reconcile this? This super important message, how is everybody not completely aware of how important that is? You know, it's so important that we just muddied it and he never, it never gets just signs that definitively say X, Y, and Z. You know, we, we sure. like to point to certain phenomena and various things or whatever. Sure. But again, in my worldview, that's just another way that you're trying to explain the world from your viewpoint. Okay. So, I don't disagree that religion and science can coexist because I think we got science from that, that mode of thinking. I think science was born from that just that mode of thinking just trying to think but then you but then you make that like so we're, we're governed by laws of physics mm -hmm. that was laws of jesus you know and laws mm -hmm. of muhammad and laws of this and that and the other this, this was the that was their theory that was their theoretical physics back then um and you can continue to reconcile events like the very very first page of the bible has a fallacy on it it starts with light and then it a star is created. Light comes from a star. We know that. But in that process, if you're taking it literally, like a lot of people will say you need to follow the literal translation. If you take it literally, light came before the star in the creation process, the first page. And I'm like, wait, why have I never thought of why have I never read that and thought about how wrong that is because i'm told that this is a literal thing and so i ask a few people like have you ever really thought about this and i'm like no no no. i mean it was on separate days mm -hmm. third day sixth day or fifth day fourth day i can't remember but anyway you you, you know what i'm getting at like there's we get our life the, the light from the moon was created it's ted it's, no it's not it's a reflection Right. You know, there's it's those types of things. So all you need to do is just reconcile science with religion. Make sure that we update like, hey, this is what we used to believe, but this is what's actually happening. But that's where the line starts to get drawn. Okay. And, and it becomes a versus because now you're attacking the Bible. Okay. Fair enough. Story of my life. Allow me to retort. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of... I, I confuse scientists and creationists uh, with my line of thinking. And I, I don't see any problem with it. Uh, but that's how everybody else feels, too. <laughs> um, my thing is, I've... To me, religion is... Religion is the basis for all the universe. Science explains how that happens. As a very bad uh, correlation, if you so, I have I have a laptop, mm -hmm. right? So I turn it on; it works. Um, people tell me, "Well, this is how my laptop works. So this is what I can do with my laptop. If I do this with my laptop, my laptop will continue to work. If I don't do this to my laptop, it will fail to work." Well, that's great. Well, now I want to know how it works. And so I can get into the, the bits and the, you know, the 
processors and everything else that's going on in there and understand how my laptop works. It's, a again, a very bad correlation, but that's how I try to explain people how I see things. Like, mm-hmm. religion's the basis, science is the explanation. Mm-hmm. Neither side likes that. And, and that's fine. I don't, I don't care. Um, and the reason I say that is because there are very many things in science that, <clears throat> to use that word, are infallible. I mean, hydrogen is one... One molecule. It has one electron, one neutron, one proton. That's it. It is. Mm-hmm. It's the most abundant element in the universe. It is. It was. and never shall be. You mm-hmm. know, and it, uh, sorry for my Christian friends. You're probably screaming at your portable player right now. But that's that's it, right? I mean, it, it is a basis. You, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't change. It's foundational in everything that we know. Technology is built on Correct. the periodic table of elements. Right. Like, so it's things like it's that. Fundamental, yeah. So it's again, it's things like that where it, you, it, it, in my mind, when people are just like science is bull. Well, it's not. I mean, the, you use science every day, whether you know you do or not. Uh, <laughs> science is bull opens Facebook to say science is bull, <laughs> right? And that's what I'm getting at. Um, you you have uh, more scientific people such as yourself. Uh, well, maybe not. I, I don't want to use you as an example in this because you, you had a religious background. People who have never had a religious background who base everything, everything on their science. Their worldview is completely different. Correct. And they're, you know, they're just like, you're trying to tell me that some being that I cannot see mm-hmm. that different races and cultures call different names made all of this like i no mm-hmm. and and so that's where i understand where those two can butt heads yeah um those worlds definitely collide yes and so but to me and probably to you too uh, we sit back and kind of snicker and just kind of you know grab our popcorn and and watch the the scenarios fly yeah i so that's where i'm coming from uh in a nutshell um we can talk about creation and evolution because, oh boy, <laughs> that's where I'm really going to piss off a lot of people with that. Um, <laughs> so, you, you all right to go down that rabbit hole? Let's go. Bit? Okay. So, you brought up Genesis, um, which is the very first book of the Bible, for those of you who may not be familiar. Um, Genesis 1.1, the very beginning of the Bible states, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, which is a great song by Moby, by the way. You should check <laughs> that out. God over the waters. Um, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the first day. I was way off. No, you're fine. I, that's why I was like, well, let's go through I was it. like, it's third day, and I didn't even... I, I don't know how you... The, the most and probably one of the most recognized verses in all of Christianity, let there be light. Mm-hmm. How I uh, missed... Yeah, You can tell I haven't visited. No, you're fine. But what I I love that because, especially in this conversation, if you haven't watched uh, Robin Williams live on Broadway, it was back in 2000. 
he's talking about uh, religion and science, and he's talking about, I don't understand, religious people, blah, blah, you know, they take uh, evangelicals, they take the Bible as the word, it is infallible, it is, you know, you cannot change it, so, you know, in the beginning, God created light, so couldn't that just be a, a reference to the Big Bang, couldn't it be, a, no, God just went click, and I laughed so hard every time, <laughs> because what Robin was saying is how I have always viewed that. Yeah. And that's why when people talk about the Big Bang, I'm like, yeah, all right. And then religion people are just like, no, God spoke and there it was. And I'm like, well, let's think about this from a scientific standpoint. Mm -hmm. If there was literally nothing, which is what religion tends to, to speak of, that there was literally nothing. The universe was they, it, nothingness. We cannot fathom it because we're stupid humans, right? But there was nothing. And then God spoke. And upon God speaking... The, the universe was created. Now, to a lot of scientists, they're like, yeah, that is the stupidest fairy tale ever. However, we know by science that... Uh, it, it, tell me about the Big Bang. Okay. So, um, I'm not going to tell this nearly as good as... And you're fine. I'm not holding you to this. Tyson yeah. or anything Kaku like that. Kaku is so not going to be, yeah. I, I welcome all the, the Google searches and <laughs> sidebars like, no, you said this incorrectly. Please, and this, I will absolutely 100% agree with you. This so. podcast is not a, an informational <laughs> news format. Okay, this is two idiots so, talking in a house. Yeah. Go ahead. But um, the Big Bang start like the, the leading theory... You can go to any physicist and ask, well, what happened beforehand? And they will straight up 100% with honesty in their eyes say, I don't know. Right. We don't know that. Right. We're trying to figure that out. There's a bunch of different things out there that says X, Y, and Z, but we don't know. All we know is what we are observing now. Mm -hmm. So we're going to reverse engineer the Big Bang Theory. This is how I like to explain it. The reason we think that is because the universe is currently expanding. Yes. That's observable. You can see space expand. Mm -hmm. How? Look it up. <laughs> the universe is expanding. Okay, so... Oh, uh, and I'll preface this. Physicists never really thought about this mm -hmm. until they discovered the universe is expanding. Physicists, scientists, they look out in the stars and they see space and they thought that's what it is. This is what it is. And they never really thought about the origins of space and the origins of our universe or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They, a lot of them still believed in Christianity, like Isaac Newton, calculus yes. in his 20s, super religious. Yep. But so much of our science and everything we know about the universe is comes from that calculus. So... Uh, they, they didn't think about this. Then one day on a nice sunny breezy. No, it was a night. <laughs> um, they discovered, wait, why is this farther away from me? And why am I getting all this static? And they try to do everything they can to, to reconcile what that is. And then they realize the universe is expanding. Wait a sec. Yeah. If it's expanding, that means it was smaller at some point. Holy shit. <laughs> There's a beginning. Yeah. That's 
the Big Bang in a nutshell. In a nutshell, right. And we, again, yeah, uh, this isn't Scientific American. Uh, <laughs> God. But the reason I say that is because we we know through science, and, and Tesla actually uh, had done experiments with this as well, but every part of matter, um, which we were talking about the periodic table, mm-hmm. focuses on a resonance where you can, if you find the exact resonance of an item of an object of uh, uh, whatever that you can find that resonance resonance as we know it a lot of times can be equated to either a frequency. Well, what's another name for a frequency would be sound sound as a type of frequency. Mm -hmm. Could it be that we are sound as the result of yes. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. But, (laughs) But what I'm getting at is could we as mere mortals not understand what was trying to be described to us. And the closest thing we could think of was, God spoke, and there it was. And there it was. Now, again, this is not. Uh, this is my gibberish in my stupid head, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not looking for you to be like, yeah, I agree, or no, I don't agree. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> this is what I'm just telling you. Like, could that not be what it was? I mean, could Robin Williams have been correct? Is there, you know, could it have been that there was something that, you know, was a supernatural, a mystic, a, you know, my religious friends are going apeshit by calling it mystic. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, could it not have been something like that? And that is what we are currently attempting to understand when we're talking mm-hmm. about the universe is expanding. Well, where is it expanding from? Where is the center point? What happened to that center point? How mm-hmm. long ago did that happen? Blah, blah, blah. So could that not be it? So that's, mm-hmm. that's that. Yeah. So the evolution can, can be reconciled in the same way. Yes. Now the 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 Bible talks about Adam and Eve being created. created. So you have to try and reconcile how was he created and if they had belly buttons or not. So the greatest song by uh, <laughs> Crash Test Dummies, God shuffled his feet. Look it up. It is freaking adorable. Go ahead. Yep. So and and, and evolution. You know we we people. The thing that I hear so much about the Big Bang and evolution is it's just a theory. I want to establish for all of your listeners oh, we're what fight. a Go scientific ahead. theory is. Go ahead. We're going to fight. Uh, this is, oh, I'm so excited. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> scientific theory is... so Okay, so I got to preface this. We have the laws of conservation of motion. We have Isaac Newton's laws. We have, you know, the force and, and this and that and the other. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, like like yes. force, like me yeah. kicking oh, you in your like ass. Like you just did. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there, there's laws. Those are called laws. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, we discovered something different about those laws that changed the way we looked at those laws. Mm-hmm. And the scientific community was like, we probably shouldn't call these laws. Okay, let's take all the evidence that we know of and have it explain as much as we can because we know that there still are question marks in certain other areas and maybe not even just so much question. I mean, there's always something being worked, you know, especially when it comes to evolution. Like we weren't there, so we can't know. Right. 100%. And the universe is under no obligation to make sense to us. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, <laughs> so... They changed that. They changed. They went from laws and they went to theory. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where the theory comes from. And we've muddied the definition of scientific theory. Well, I'm, I'm theorizing this about this potato, you know, like we, <laughs> every time I hear it, it's like, no, you are, you're hypothesizing. That's, that's yes. the scientific method. Right. So there's a, there's a distinct difference between hypothesis and theory. Hypothesis, I think this is what it is. I'm going to test it. Theory is I've tested this multiple times. This is the same result that came out. This is what I found with all of those results. So this theory is now established. Let me tell you something else that's theory that is 100% established that no one can refute. Gravitational theory. Yeah. Every law that, or not law, everything we know about gravitational, we know it works. We drop shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. That is scientific theory that is established. if you go to a physicist they're going to call it a theory so understand that when a physicist says or you know scientists whatever however you want to identify says the big bang theory evolution theory this is rooted in peer-reviewed for years peer-reviewed scientific evidence that has made itself present in why we shape our worldview and not worldview, but I said that a lot. Um, <laughs> why we shape our, our continuing science around this foundation. Mm-hmm. So, so this is where I, I disagree with that. I oh, know. Okay. So I can't say I disagree with that because that's literally what's happening. This is what I don't like about that. How's that? Um, it's always been the law of gravity. Uh, I mean, people joke about it all the time. Gravity is not just a great idea. It's the law, you know, that yeah. kind of, when you're changing nomenclature, and it's not just in science, it's with plenty of other things, but mm-hmm. these are for the next 12 podcasts ever. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're changing nomenclature like that, that's where I get a, a, a bit frustrated and where I feel that science loses me. Um, when you talk about, when you when you were talking about how, you know, the, the God's word is infallible, mm-hmm. a lot of people take the Bible is God's word, meaning that those were his words being spoken to a human who was writing it down. That's not what was happening in in the majority of cases. In fact, the Bible has been changed as far as what books have been input and taken out. And like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The Catholic <clears throat> Bible is yeah. how many more chapters and books right. that aren't in the, the Christian Bible. And this is why I'm not a fan of Catholicism. Sorry for all you Catholics out there, but we'll talk about that later. In fact, Tony Wright <laughs> You need to get your ass on this podcast. You said you were going to do this months ago. <laughs> Tony. This is the shit that we were supposed I to talk you, about. I miss you, Tony. I miss you, too, you son of a bitch. You luxurious beard. Just get over here. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it, this is... That's what I mean, like, when when you have these different evangelicals who say, you know, the Bible said it, that's the word. And then you have Methodists like us. I'm a Methodist and we're pretty much the hippies of, you know, Christianity. It's like, whatever, man, just, you really are like, right. Uh, of, of all Protestants, Methodists were the science seeking. Yeah. ones like, right. like Martin Luther was very much involved in the scientific community. Yes. And, and what's funny is, I had no idea of that when I was going through my life trek. I found that out at the end. And a lot of people were like, well, no wonder you're a Methodist. I'm like, no, actually, I was raised in a Methodist house. I fell out of a relationship with God at 13. Uh, I didn't find God again until I was about 17. 
Um, I decided, I don't know if Methodism is for me. I went to all these different denominational churches, including non-denominationals, all the way to Baptists and, you know, Southern Baptists and all the others. And I was like, you know what? Methodist just works for me. Uh, I don't need all the pomp and circumstance. I don't need all this. I just need to go Sunday, sit down, and then go to KFC for my dinner. That's what I do. Um, and if you think that's a joke, there were actually two, uh, hmm. churches in Lancaster that were, uh, trying to get out before the other one so we could beat them to KFC. It was pretty sweet. So anyway. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's awesome. Freaking Methodist. That's what we're worried about. Chicken. Uh, so anyway, it was more along the lines of when when you're changing naming of things to, to fit your criteria or the ideas or whatever, that's where I get a little, mm. and that's why people can interpret the Bible any way they want. Okay. There are, it's just like you and I can read the same Dean Koontz book mm-hmm. and the exact same words are right there. Mm-hmm. And you and I can have different ideas of the truck that he just described or mm-hmm. how the scenario actually played out. Or Which is why the what, movie is never better than the book. Right. When you're reading a book, you're creating the world in your head using somebody else's words. And then you watch a movie and it's so different from what you perceived it. It's psychologically impossible for a movie to be better than its book with few exceptions. And if you uh, (laughs) talk about Ready Player One, you just completely decimate the book. And my fiance wants to meet Ernie and kill him. (laughs) God, it was awful. I love the movie, but I didn't read the book. She read the book, and five minutes in, she's like, I'm done. I'm like, what? And then when I read the book, I'm like, oh, now I get it. All right. Fucking, what happens when you divide sine by a cosine? Tangent. Um, so, <laughs> so that's what I'm getting at is that's where it loses me. I feel like things are changed to fit an agenda, and, and that's where I am like, hmm. If you're doing it just to try to prove that you're right over something, and yet, you know, the Bible tells me if you believe in Jesus and that he died for your sins, you're good to go and list these 10 rules and rock on. That, to me, is you can translate the entire Bible all you want. Mm -hmm. Those two things have always been key, and that's what, in my mind, Christianity has been based off of since the beginning of Christianity. We're not talking about Judaism in the beginning of the old Testament and all that. That's what I'm getting at. Um, so that's where it loses me a little bit. Um, when you're like, Oh, well it was a theory. Well, we're going to say that, uh, laws are now theories. So that way it's a real thing. Oh, okay, cool. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Um, and that's where I get frustrated. And so Jess and I've had this conversation many times. Go ahead. No. Uh, so, when when you look at it as if it's a oh it's a it's a it was a law and now that law no longer works and i want it to be this way that that's that's not how that scientific approach took place scientists change their minds all the time yes they're dedicated to learning sure and they're dedicated to figuring out if something is wrong that's 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 the entire process of peer review you produce a paper this is the evidence I've got from this experiment, and I came up with these re- these results. The scientific community is going to shred that as <laughs> much as possible yeah. because this shapes our understanding of the universe. Mm-hmm. And if we're wrong, then we're ch- we're chasing a red herring, right. you know. So 
the science community is very, 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 very well, well versed in fact checking themselves. Mm -hmm. And they will take every ounce of your experiment and try to do it under their conditions. Mm -hmm. And if they produce the same result, then they'll produce their paper confirming that other paper. Mm -hmm. Well, now I've got two papers. I need to get on board with this. I need to, I need to figure this out, you know, and right. science and we've been sharing science even through wartime as countries were at war, their respective scientific communities are still sharing data. NOAA, for instance, like the, the world, not the world, the American national weather service, something yes. or whatever. No, in NOAA, I don't remember what it's, what the, what it stands for, but, um, they they were actively sharing weather elements with Germans and everything else because they were like, yeah, they're doing their thing, but we really need to nail this down. We really need to understand what's going on because this is going to hurt, you know, us in a way that we don't need to be hurt, you mm -hmm. know, and they communicated through wartime science communities still communicated with each other mm -hmm. um, because it's always been this pursuit of knowledge. So don't look at it as a name change to fit an agenda. Look at it as we can't call this a law because a law by definition can ruin future scientists into thinking that I have to go by this or else. Mm hmm that's 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 the that's the, the the predisposition i might have messed that story up in some form or fashion but no, you're fine um I, really yeah. i only have one issue with that and that's evolution of course being a religious person i'm going to have that issue but my my ideas on that are probably going to shock you on that so we'll get to that in a second because i want to go through this real quick if that's okay okay go through that okay so i will also say just because i i've had this rebuttal in my mind yeah. you're saying name changes bother you Christianity has done that for years, which is why we have a Methodist and a Baptist and a Southern Baptist. These are groups of people that said, this doesn't work for me. I'm going to believe this way. I'm going to slap a that's, new name on that. That's an interpretation. That's a denomination. That's not changing Christianity. It that's, wasn't changing Christianity, but, okay, so we, but we also have over 3,000 religions. We do have different religions, Yes. You know that a denomination is not a religion. I, I'm aware. Okay. I'm just yeah. making sure. Because there are people out there that don't understand that. So no, that's no, why. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I grew up non-denominational. I'm just saying, yeah. like, the, the the subtle changes in denomination are as subtle the changes were whenever we discovered that the certain degree of force doesn't implicate or now implicates, like, an escape velocity. Mm -hmm. We didn't know the expansion of the universe. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we, we were law driven by this is what it is. And then we discovered that, mm -hmm. oh, that's, that contradicts this law. That's a subtle change. Okay. It's very, very subtle change because that like the, what I've experienced in my life with other denominations has been, this is a perfect example, speaking in tongues. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's the changes that I'm talking. There are denominations that will not believe in that. Right. There. Are not my, one of them. <laughs> what I grew up in. Yeah. My, what I grew up in is that is 
the word that's God speaking through you mm-hmm. and this and the, you're being drunk in the Holy Spirit and right. and this and that and the other. So that's that's the perfect example of what I mean by changing to fit your belief, so on and so forth. But the, uh, I'm I'm probably misunderstanding them because it's not a it, when you said name change, it's a similar mindset. I mean, Correct. you have it's, you have different names of the same thing, right? Right. So we we continue to call it Newton's laws, but science has evolved to make it. You know, a science has evolved to make it to where the information we have can always be changed and still be called the same thing. Yeah, and that's what I don't go for. <laughs> <laughs> See, and and that's I think the political side of things. Like politicians aren't allowed to change their mind. Well, and, and that's because if stupid. they do, you can't. You, right. you can't vote. But but th- there's a reason for that. If they're all over the place on their voting record, what can You're I trust not. this person to do? Exactly. So it's a catch twenty two being a career yeah. politician. You can't change your mind. But and so we live like that. You have to you have to think this way. You have to think this way. That's the theme of my entire evolution from religion to just being yeah. trusting science is you have to think this way. No, no, you don't. You can reconcile religion and science. Yes, you can do that. But there has never been a circumstance in our lifetime where religion better explained a scientific event. It's always been the opposite. Yeah. God created light. Oh, right. well, actually, he created a star. You know, you, you can be of the religious mindset and know that he created the star, and that's what gave us our light. Yes. That is a factual change that you know exists. So change on other things. Like, reconcile that. Like, okay, this I've learned this about science. Religion taught me this way, but that could just be the way it happened. You know, like, find some way to reconcile that is basically what I'm getting at. So, yeah, so that's what I'm getting at. So, okay, because I know you, people are tired of listening to talk about it. So, uh, the you know, the second day was uh, the vault between the waters, basically separating water from water is what he, they call it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, water is in the sky and, and water on the ground, meaning, you know, separating the heavens from Whatever, there you go. So that was day two. Uh, let the waters under the sky be gathered into one place, hence our oceans. This could be, you know, the whole building of the planet uh, mm-hmm. after the Big Bang, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we understand that once, you know, masses had gathered and they had spun and hence our, you know, different trajectories, our revolutions and all this good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, gravity at work. Gravity at work. Yeah. Um, and then going on with, uh, it actually talks about how stars are formed then, you know, Mm -hmm. on the, on the next day, uh, then let the water team with living creatures and let birds fly from above the earth. Uh, and so the creatures were from the sea and, and had flown in the air. I'm going to continue on with this and then we're going to argue um then then let the land produce living creatures uh, according to their kinds meaning different livestock and blah 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 and then let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock of the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground that was day six you ready let's do it Sorry, religious friends. 
I believe evolution. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. Yeah. To a point. Yeah. And that's where I get anger from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Always being stuck in the middle and pissing everybody yeah. off. So, you know, it's the eternal life of a Gemini, I guess. But <laughs> I can see both sides of everything. Could it be that when it said, let the sea team with life? Well, we have there are scientific explanations and and theories and discussions that talk about life beginning from the sea yes okay um like the cesspool of ingredients on a very very hot earth and a pool of water that was still getting sunlight yes so there you go could that not be what again dumb humans were talking about when you know they you know when you're I say this all the time. Talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's what was happening. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, look, this is life. You know, and I mean, you know, instead of saying that this was a protozoa or, a, you know, a single-cell amoeba and all that, mm-hmm. going on and on with that, that's, you know, I get it. I want to interject one thing. Please. And this isn't a disagree or agree. All right. What I learned literally from World Harvest is that they believe, or what, what I was taught is that, it says day. It's not an actual. But it, you have no idea how long that day was. It is a unit of division. It which, is a unit yes. of division and how they explain it. So evolution, millions and millions and millions of years occurred on one day. Yes. And, then, and stuff like that. So go, yeah. yeah, continue. But no, I agree. I mean, there's no way that, again, even scientifically, we have experienced and we know. There's no way that that happened in a day. I mean, God's awesome, but mm-hmm. it was it was written by man, as we said, and that's probably the only way that we could understand. And there wasn't really a, a calendar of sorts at the time that you know we could say that whatever. And what's funny is there's three different religions that observe the day that he rested, the day seven. We call it Sunday mm-hmm. as Christians. Jews believe that it's Saturday, and our Muslim friends believe that it's Friday. Mm-hmm. Stellar. I love it. Uh, but it's all because of how it moves. But anyway. And we I, get our entire uh, English language, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, blah, 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 from, from Roman gods. Mythic gods. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Based on a Julian calendar. Thank you, Caesar. Um, so here's where, and we don't have to get in depth in this. I'm just going to explain what I mean. Mm-hmm. I understand that <coughs> scientists have proof of evolution. Uh, my fiance likes to drill that into my head quite a bit sometimes. I'm, no, you don't drill it in my head. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> but scientists have proof of evolution. I believe that evolution has happened, the degree of which is where... I I cannot reconcile in my brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by yes, there's proof. Yes, we have seen it. Darwin talked quite a bit about it with the Galapagos Islands and all this good stuff. I get it. I understand. It's hard for my stupid little brain to try to understand and and agree with the fact that every single piece of life being plant or animal came from one cell or one beginning and i understand that everything has changed you know as far as 
plant life and everything based on where it is in the tropics. That, but that's what I mean when I say uh, I believe in evolution you know, to that point where, I mean, you can't take a tropical plant and have it growing in the tundra. It's just not going to work. And yet there are plants that do live in the tundra and there are plants that live there. So I understand that, you know, as the earth had moved and Pangea starts, you know, morphing around the globe and all that good stuff. I understand that that's how things had changed and things had moved and that's scientifically. It's when we start talking about animal life and that's where I get... Like, at what point in the tree of evolution does it make sense to believe that and when does it not make sense is yes. what you're getting at. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and you're not going to be able to answer that for me. You're an amazing person. It's something that I have to find for myself. I can give you things to think about. Sure. If you're done talking. No, I, yeah. No, most right. people don't listen to me anyway. <laughs> so, um, you've probably heard that we share DNA. Right. So on and so forth, you know? Yeah. Um, the reason we know that we've come from just a very, very specific moment where chemistry turned into biology at some point these things started working together, mm -hmm. you know, and it started coordinating together, you know, and then you get like a cell, mm -hmm. you know, but you have to think about everything that happened in between, like mitochondria had to, had to develop in some form, mm -hmm. um, you know, the nuclei and, and everything you've been taught, everything that's in a cell. Mm -hmm. So you learned about the cell in science, but a lot of people, don't retain how far that cell goes because we, we start talking about the cell and then it's multiple cells. There's an entire science built on when one cell became many mm -hmm. to cohesively exist. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason we, we know that we come from just, you know, that point in time where chemistry became biology mm -hmm. is because DNA. DNA is the footprint, the evolutionary footprint. Um, so, for instance, there is DNA in trees. There's DNA in flowers. There's DNA in a bee. There's DNA in a banana. Right. And everyone's heard we share 50% of our DNA <laughs> with a banana. Well, what does that mean? You know, right. like common sense tells us that means our DNA, part of our DNA looks alike, you know, but when, but, but think about that. So like somebody can tell you something and you can just be like, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a random fact. But if you put that under the microscope and you start thinking to yourself, DNA makes me who I am. Mm -hmm. It's who I am, your thoughts, every electrical impulse in your brain, the hair on your face, the boogers in your nose, everything is predicated on this genealogical map Mm -hmm. of who you are and that that's the individual that you are is a strand of dna multiplied millions of times over to be you when you look at that and half of that is a banana <laughs> the exact the exact same precision we have twenty-two thousand genes in our dna right Eleven thousand of those are the exact same thing as a banana 
we can trace that back. Okay, we share twenty percent with this, and we share thirty percent. I'm 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 probably butchering that explanation. No, I got you. It's super high level. I right. I, and I know and claim any expertise to that, but that's it's we are carbon based. You know, we've heard yes. you've heard that we're carbon based, and we look at this and we found carbon here, and we found carbon here, and we found carbon here, and we found carbon here. And we trace that all the way back to RNA and, and, and this and that and the other. And it's like, this is carbon-based. Everything's carbon-based. Everything's coming from the same tree of, of life mm-hmm. and everything like that. So Darwin was on to something whenever he started figuring stuff like that. I think it's actually scientists after him that, that went further yes. uh, um, in, in, in going back to like a single point. Yeah. So because everything that we've discovered on Earth, every Every life, think about just the ocean and mm-hmm. plant life and microbial life, tardigrades, like just from the smallest thing to the biggest thing, we start, there is a point in that gene, in that DNA, that you can go back to where it's the same for everything. And you can look at it, you can put it under a microscope, split it up, do all the things that they do in a Petri dish and a Bunsen burner and, you know, just doing sciencey things, <laughs> you can deduce that there is one thing in that that's the same for everything. You find it in every single living creature or thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why you can trace that back. Um, Jesuit priests, actually who are the, basically the science division of Catholicism. Yeah. Jesuits spent a lot of time in this too. They believe in evolution, you know? So you have, you have, a, you have a, a God-fearing community that understands this is the way of the world. Yes. Uh, and they, they wholeheartedly back that up. You can, you can go into like their transcripts and everything like that. And uh, another example is how we know that we, we do that. Like, like uh, how it, you, can, you can go back to the time in our DNA where um, we've split, you know, people are like, how do we come from apes? Well, we didn't, we just have a common ancestor and there's an entire discussion that just, (laughs) I saw it in your eyes, but hear me out. It's not, it's not me. This I'm, I'm only regurgitating the shit that I've consumed from, from reading up on science and everything like that. But between us and our closest Genealogical relative, which is the chimpanzee. Yes. There is a 1% difference, difference. in DNA. Mm-hmm. 1%. And the reason we know that we've split, and at the point that we've split, there is a common ancestor that housed their geno- gene- genealogical makeup. Mm-hmm. At the, s- the exact same point in our DNA with a chimpanzee, there is a specific gene. It's the... it's. I forget what it's called. It's 220 or 20, uh, 20 seconds, something. I, I really can't remember what it is. But it's the exact same thing between us and chimpanzees. And we know traits get passed down. You are who you are because of a trait that you got passed down from your mother and father. And you just go go far back. That's yeah. where you start. That's where you start reverse engineering that. You go all the way back because traits are passed down and we can go all the way back and pinpoint pinpoint the point in our genealogical makeup where we split off where apes went in one direction and humans went in the other because it's the exact same thing like think of it at a ladder step 7 is where we st- was where we split because it is the exact same point 
in our DNA that it is with chimpanzees. And so that's, it's, 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 it's additional evolutionary proof, basically. So that might be what helps give me something to think about as far as this point. So again, when you're, when you're talking about Genesis and everything I just talked about, right? The, the six days, quote unquote, why was there a specific day for creating man and woman? When the one day was all the fish in the sea and all the birds in the sky, right? Didn't talk about anything else. And then it was all the livestock and land. But then all of a sudden, one day was specified specifically for man. Maybe that is that point. Yeah. That you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's... I mean, the Bible explains it differently, which which is why we have a hard time reconciling it, because yes. we're made from the dust of the earth. Right. It's not talking about genes. Right. We didn't know what genes were back then. Right. They, they didn't know what that was. So it, this is somebody still recounting what happened, you know, years yes. and years and years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, in the Bible, it talks about how God had gathered gathered the dirt and, you know, formed man and then put him to sleep, took his rib and made woman, mm-hmm. which has always fascinated me about how men don't have as many ribs. Anyway, so it, it's, <laughs> but that's what I'm, you know what I mean? Like it, maybe that was the point. Like you were just talking about how if you go back, you can find that where it branches out at that one specific point. I will read more about that. Um, but that has been my greatest thing. Like I can look at the the creationist part of it mm-hmm. and how the science explains it. And I'm like, yep, sweet. And then it gets to day six and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> 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 and, and And part of that is going to be you know, my, my hubris as a human, uh, because I'm like, I don't want to say that I came from apes. You know what I mean? And you know what I'm getting at when I say it, you know, like, no, I'm, I'm better than that. And then of course you have a lot of creationists. Well, if that's true, then why are there still apes Uh, branches? But that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I get, I laugh at that. But anyway, it, that's where, that's where I'm going to have to investigate a little bit more. Maybe that'll open my mind a bit. Yeah. I would, I would say, it, I mean, evolution is very, 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 very much tracked to DNA, and and there's there's so it's more complicated than that. But no, obviously. when you st- when you see, and uh, I mean, Jesuit Jesuit priests have even recently reiterated this. When you look at that genealogical makeup and see the exact same step, you know, like I mentioned on like yeah. on the ladder, that's the best way that I can think to explain it. When you see the exact same step. And it's cross species. There's no other explanation. You there, there's not there's not a religious explanation for that. There's not a different type of chemistry explanation for that. It's it's the exact same. You know, mm. poles and houses are made of metal. You know, like you you have this thing. That's probably a really really bad comparison. But <laughs> but things get made with the same stuff. Yes. Every day, and you know, and like we have all these different elements that that we work with, and it's it's really you can't look at that. Like when you when the science when they found this out, they're like, there's no other explanation for that. And then I know that I have you know a lot of Christian friends as well. Was like there is it's God. Shoot me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why, again, so like you, you know, like, well, it's God. Okay. 
and and that's where I try to you know bring the two together. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, maybe it was God, but yeah. can we explain how God had done that? We've been able to explain so many other things that have happened, yeah. and I mean, maybe it was divine. You know, maybe it was mm-hmm. something that happened. Uh, to it was his finger in the cesspool, just stirring it around. <laughs> yep. Like like I couldn't find a knife for my chocolate syrup. Gave it so. that little sugar in there. <laughs> yeah. I. But I mean, you know, and again, just when you talk about, and this is a whole other topic for a podcast, but when you were talking as your example of, you know, maybe someone overheard you and that was why that check got in there. Maybe that was divine intervention that they heard it. Now, just because it's divine intervention doesn't mean that that person had to do it. We have the gift of free will, meaning that we can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah. So, I mean, again. But do we really? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just because it's there doesn't mean that you have to act upon it. And that's a, a whole other thing. But that's what I, you know, mm-hmm. it, that's why I wish, I wish the two far end, you know, entities of this, much like other far end entities would just find a middle ground of something and try to see each other's viewpoint and just understand now i'm not saying that i'm 100 percent right and i'm like yeah idiots science explains religion that's just how my dumb brain works uh and maybe some people will be like hey holy shit it does or maybe other people will be like shut up god went click it's fine you know do your thing right but it's six thousand years old clearly Dinosaurs weren't real. That was put here as a test from God. Yeah, that's one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves in creationist theory that we lived with dinosaurs. Like, and and the 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 thing that refutes all of that, the the number one sign. It's so simple. It is incredibly simple. Is the speed of light? It refutes. It's 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 not even the only thing that refutes. It's the it's one of many. But the speed of light, we know how fast it goes. We know in that. In a vacuum, yeah. Yeah. Or it, 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 wherever. You can change the speed of light. You can. Okay. Well, no. No, 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 no. So let's backtrack. The speed of light is constant. Okay. It is, it is a constant speed. There are theories that the Big Bang expanded and blah, blah, blah. So the expansion of space happened Faster, quote unquote, faster than the speed of light. But that is not the universe or the vacuum. That is the construct. Okay. So that doesn't violate relativity. And again, this is something you're just going to have to dive into like a wiki page or something like that. (laughs) But it doesn't. So we can expand. And this is where we get warp theory. If you take space. Yes. And reconstruct it. So fascinating. Yeah. And reconstruct it. You can move space faster than the speed of light. But you're still not actually going the speed of light space is just moving you yes anyway the speed of light refutes a six thousand year lifespan we know for a fact that light travels at a certain speed in in our universe the way what we observe it travels at a certain speed it has never deviated from that speed in in our universe and we know we know that stars light takes x amount of time to get to earth mm-hmm. so we know that the sun the sun's light takes 8 minutes we could the sun could blow up right now we would not know it for 8 minutes right it would just be sunny this and that and the other and then we would see something we know for a fact that that happened 8 minutes ago yeah 
we understand that radio frequencies and everything like that travel at the speed of light. The reason why it's so infallible in that regard is we communicate with technology that is millions and millions of miles away in order to land something on Mars that's millions and millions of miles away, light takes 20 minutes to travel between us and depending on where we are in our orbit, it's roughly 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. We need to account for that. We can't just send Mars a, a probe and say, here, land on your own. We have to account for this. That, that means we have to, at this, we have to be so precise that we have to land a probe on, a ma- on, on Mars and control it 20 minutes in advance right. of when we expect it to happen kind of thing. And whether they program that into the probe and then let it go, uh, th- that's, that's the stuff that I like the, that's the engineering portion that I don't, I don't, I don't personally understand, mm. but we still have to calculate for that. We have to communicate with that in some form or fashion so that it communicates back to us saying, Hey, I landed safely. Yep. And you have to, with the orbits, you have to know that the distance is going to change and we're going to have to adjust how we communicate with that thing because it's always changing. Mm -hmm. So we know the speed of light. We know that a star from forever, for millions of light, you know, we hear the term light year. That's the distance it takes light to travel in one year. So light Mm -hmm. year is not a time. Light year is a distance. distance. It's a measurement of, of distance. So we have things that are... Millions of light years away. So the Andromeda galaxy, that's the next galaxy next to us. That is 2.5 million light years away. That means we see it through our telescopes. We can actually see Andromeda with our naked eye. Yeah. It took that light that's entering your eyes 2.5 million years to get here. To get here. You can't have a 6,000-year-old universe when light you can is that. constant. Right. No, I agree. I, I, yeah. yeah. I know, I know you agree, yeah. but there's going to there be people, people that are, and then that just, it just boggles my mind. Like, how? <laughs> we know, we know all these things. Yeah. You have, you have a device that operates on, on, on light and the speed of light and programming is, is very, very, very constrained to that, to that understanding. Yeah. Can we fight for a second and then we can end it? Yeah. So... That's not worth it. We'll fight over it afterwards. <laughs> uh, so anyway, okay. Um, anything else you want to follow up with? Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, there's so many tangents to, to go off of from there. Like yeah. almost, almost like a question and answer session. Like, hey, call in. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, I think I think we can leave on that note. That wasn't nearly as as teeth gritting punches to the face as some might have imagined so i apologize no I and that's excessively that's, i'm sorry that's oh well that was true yes uh <laughs> no um but you know that's that's part of the point of the show so i'm glad that we were able to talk about it and get a little worked up and everything's fine you didn't get worked up because you don't get worked up <laughs> uh all right so uh just a couple quick uh cleaning house aspects here so uh for those of you listening thank you for chaining in and uh if you could go ahead and tell all your friends put it out on social media uh if you would like to check out any information about the podcast or would like to see what other formats we are on 
please go to therestofuspodcast.com. There you can see all of the uh, eight different formats that we are put out on. Also, um, that is going to be a revamped website here soon. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. I just need to get it out there. Um, but in just the meantime... keep working on evolving it. Yeah. While I create it. <laughs> oh! Uh, so anyway, uh, follow us on Facebook. That is at uh, T-R-O-U Podcast. You can also follow us on the Twitter, which I finally am using. So at... T-R-O-U podcast on Twitter as well. Um, on the website, you can check out our Patreon. Drops a few dimes. I'll even give you a little present. It's pretty sweet. Um, so that's pretty much it as far as I can think of on that end. So I just want to thank my buddy Cotton for joining us tonight. I, it was a pleasure. And I was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Yeah, well, you were a pleasure Edit too. That. But no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you for coming out I'm sure that you're going to hear from him again Because he's going to be harassing me to do this all the time And I'm fine with that So for Mr. Cotton I am Jason And I am out Out